When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 349th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this season opening episode a look at the 2022 New Orleans Saints. It's been some big changes down in the Big Easy. Sean Payton is no longer in the, I wasn't going to say no longer with us, but I'm not trying to kill him off. He's just no longer coaching in the series. Uh, Coach Sean's still with us. Uh, a lot of speculation about his future. But they have a new coach down in New Orleans by the name of Dennis Allen. And a longtime Atlanta Falcons fans know who he is. He's the son of Grady Allen, who played for the Falcons. Uh, from 1968 to 72, he's one of the early generation Falcons. And Coach Dennis was born here in Atlanta. You know, and, and nobody's uh, uh, really sad about Sean Payton re- retiring because he was 21-9 and nine against the Falcons. So the first time since 2006, a new coach will be roaming the sidelines for the Saints. And it's Dennis Allen, born in Atlanta, son of Grady Allen, started his coaching career with the Falcons as a defensive quality control assistant under Dan Reeves in 2002. Now, if you're a big NFL fan and you follow the Raiders, you know that Coach Allen was also the head coach of the Raiders from 2012 to 2014. He came up through the ranks with uh, the Saints after leaving the Falcons. He um, was with the Saints from 06 to 10, and then he returned in 15 and has been there since uh, as their defensive coordinator from 2015 to 2011. So there he is, Coach Dennis Allen, new coach of the New Orleans Saints, the arch-rival New Orleans Saints. So, you know, we've gone through the cutdowns, first practice of the week, and we uh, had to catch up with Coach Arthur Smith on Monday to see, you know, how he felt about the cut down to the 53-man roster. So, yeah, we've made a lot of uh, moves and um, obviously settled down a little bit in the short term, but uh, we'll continue to, to evolve and, and uh, look to add if there's something, you know, that can improve our roster, something becomes available. But uh, happy with the guys we got right now. We're excited about the challenge of week one. There it is. Uh, you know, a little breaking news today. They did name Drew Dahlman as a center, but we're going to look at the depth chart uh, here today. We got five items for you. We started with Coach Allen. We're going to look at what happened last season between these teams, the series record. We'll go over the key matchups, and then we'll look at the depth chart uh, for the Atlanta Falcons. So uh, before they made their moves last week, there were some roster moves that the Falcons make, made where they picked up uh, 
A couple players. Here's what Coach Smith said about the what roster moves. The waiver claims, you know, guys that we thought uh, between Chuma and Matt that could potentially help us, and we'll see what they can, what they can add. Um, so there's a lot of different things were going on the last couple of days around the league. So uh, fortunately for us, you know, some moves we made, and we're able to get some guys back. Um, you take the risk, but that's that's part of the strategy, and every team goes through it the same way. Well, the two guys they put in claims for, Chuma Idoga from McEachern High and USC, been in the league uh, as a lineman, and then uh, Matt Dickerson, a defensive end tackle in the 3-4 at Benwood, Tennessee. They put in claims, they got them, then they uh, had to dangle veterans Dean Marlowe and Mike Ford. Um, you know, they were vested veterans, and then just with the hope they were going to you know, come back, made no sense for them to go anywhere else. So, um, you know, they, they created room, then uh, waived the vets, then uh, put some guys on injured reserve, you know, Deion Jones, Isaiah Oliver, Jalen Mayfield, uh, and that whole crew, and uh, John Fitzpatrick's in there. So they put them on, and that created space to bring the vets back. So that's what they did. Uh, was a busy Cut down uh, 48, 72 hours where the Falcons were making moves to try to get the best 53 players available and then also the best 48 game day guys while, while also keeping in mind the 16-member uh, practice squad. And you got all those rosters online at AJC.com. You can go uh, visit AJC.com for that. Now the Falcons and the Saints – Let's look back because uh, Coach Smith, you know, he's the play caller, so he's been going against Dennis Allen, you know, whenever they played the Saints. And then last season, uh, you know, in the 25-27 to 27 win down there, he kind of got the best of Allen with getting up the sideline there with the game on the line uh, to, to hit Corderell Patterson on a deep nine route to get into field goal range and pull off the victory there. Uh, and then in the second game, it wasn't much of a battle here in Atlanta. Alvin Kamara rushed 30 times for 146 yards uh, in that 30-20 to 20 win at the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Saints finished 9-8, and eight, but it didn't wasn't enough for them to get into the uh, playoffs. Now, let's hear from, you know, we got some of the new, we like to talk to the new people who uh, haven't experienced the Saints-Falcon rivalry yet. And, man, we miss Roddy White. He used to add a lot of flavor to this when I saw him at, uh, at the building on Monday. Maybe he was speaking to the team about how much he hates uh, New Orleans and the and the Saints. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we don't know about that for sure. But one guy we checked with was Casey Hayward, who's coming over as a free agent. And this will be his first uh, dealings in, a, in the Falcon-Saints rivalry. I think we'll – it's exciting. Uh, we say it's a new team, new defense, new players. Dean putting in a more, more defense than what he ran last year. So I know he's pretty excited. I think everybody's just pretty excited to go out there, talk with somebody else. It's gonna be a, a challenging game. Uh, they got a good team. Uh, they won a lot of games over the past few years. Some good players. So we got we got to come ready to play. All right, that's Casey Hayward, new defensive back coming over. See, 11th year, getting ready to start his 11th year in the league. Started his career out in Green Bay with the Packers, so he knows about big-time rivalries. The, of course, the uh, Bears-Packers is one of the the old-standing NFL rivalries in the in the National 
Football League. Now, series history, you know, we talked about uh, Sean Payton here uh, with his 21-9 record. 21-9 record against the Falcons. What that has done is close the gap. And that, that has made this a... Uh, a tight, tight series. The Falcons ha- held the upper hand for years. Both teams came in the league in the late 60s and, you know, were dregs of the league for a long time. Then here, uh, you know, Falcons get to the playoffs in 78. Uh, then, you know, the Saints come up. You know, they had Archie Manning back in the day uh, and so forth. Then Earl Campbell late in his career. But both teams kind of had trouble finding their way until – you know, the Falcons had a breakthrough in 98, went to the Super Bowl, then the Saints uh, under Peyton win the Super Bowl, then, you know, the Falcons make it to the playoffs six times under Ryan. And it was a really tough, tough series. So uh, right now, uh, as we move into a new direction in this series, the Falcons hold a one-game lead, 53-52 to in the regular season. And overall, it's a two-game lead because they did meet in the playoffs once, and the Falcons uh, won that game. So it's 54-52. to Sean Payton helped the Saints close that gap. Now an Atlanta native, son of a former Atlanta Falcon, will try to overtake the Falcons in what's been one of the, the league's great, great rivalries. Doesn't go back to the 20s like the Bears and the Packers, but the fans really, really get into this rivalry, and we'll see that on Sunday as a lot of fans are coming up for the game, and, uh, you know, we might see it in the stands. Hopefully uh, folks will be on their best behavior and just enjoy some good, hard football by the Atlanta Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. All right, we're back here, and we're going to wrap up with our three key matchups, and then we're going to look at the Atlanta Falcons depth chart heading into this game. We're also going to hear from Chris Lindstrom and uh, defensive back D. Alford, who made the 53-man roster. Before we do the key matchups, let's discuss the Saints' key additions. Tyron Matthew, formerly known as the Honey Badger, was signed by the Saints. He you know, was a top-flight safety. Wide receiver Jarvis Landry, another LSU product, came home. Not expecting too much from Jarvis. He was kind of couldn't get open in Cleveland last year. I don't know if that was Jarvis or Baker Mayfield with a broken, you know, uh, injured shoulder. But, uh, yeah, he w- he's not high on the priority. More, uh, you know, Alvin Kamara and Michael Thomas will be a little bit higher on the Falcons' priority. And then safety Marcus May came over from the Saints. Or excuse me, from the Jets. 
Marcus May from the Jets to the Saints in free agency. So the back end of that defense is going to look a little bit different. Coach Smith likes likes their cornerbacks. It's going to be tough. The um, middle linebacker, Demario Davis, is tough. And then you all know that Cam Jordan has been a load. I think he's, he's closing in on uh, – I didn't look at his sacks, but he sure has a lot against the Falcons. So uh, there have been times where they've kept him quiet. And then there have been times where he's destroyed the whole game. So Caleb McGarry, he won the right tackle spot. He's going to be on point here in the first game. He'll get a chance to um, play with a mobile quarterback this time and see if that helps him out in his struggles against Cam Jordan. So we have our three matchups going into um, our, our game day. Uh, package plan you know I do these early in the week and then you know later in the week I might after we talk to everybody and so forth we might move them around a little bit and uh, we might come up with you know a better one and so forth but for right now midweek we're going with Michael Thomas against AJ Terrell could see AJ traveling here Uh, Mike Thomas according to our guy Jeff uh, Duncan the columnist with the New Orleans uh, Times, Picayune said he's looking good and should be ready to go. So we're anticipating uh, that the hamstring will not hinder him and he will be out on the field in the season opener trying to do damage against the Atlanta Falcons. A.J. Terrell will have that assignment. Second matchup will be for our trench people. We like to, you know, do the trench warfare uh, as opposed to just doing fantasy stat grabbing uh matchups but one to keep an eye on is right tackle ryan ramchek against falcons outside linebacker audi agundaje talk to um audi throughout training camp a uh, good kid you know he's notre dame so you know he knows i know kyle hamilton and so forth and, and so you know he's like hey i'm not we're not shying we knew what the sack total was last year you know long as that was a total we don't mind um Answering the question. So, you know, everybody wants to know where the pass rush is coming from. He played a lot. And Coach Ted Monachino said he overachieved as a rookie. Now you want to see if he's made the big jump in his second year and he gets a real good test right out of the gates here against Ryan Ramchick. And then the, uh, you know, my third matchup. Had to do some projecting here, given Drake London's status. But um, we have Saints. Cornerback Marshawn Lattimar versus Falcons wide receiver Drake London. Now, Drake uh, has been out since August the 12th. Worry about his cardio, but, you know, they got ways to keep that up. I guess he could run in the water and and, um, treadmill it and so forth. But uh, he returned to practice on Monday. Uh, Had not been seen at practice since August the 12th. They said the knee injury he suffered against the Lions was not serious. He was listed number one on the depth chart that we'll get into later here. But so that um, you got to go ahead and trend it towards him playing in the opener against the Saints, unless it's a fake out move, which, you know, they do that in college, not so much in, in the National Football League. So we're going with Marshawn Lattimore and Drake London, the rookie. Be a tough assignment, his first first outing uh, with the Atlanta Falcons. So those are our matchups here. We want to we want to discuss some of these uh, matchups and some of the issues facing the Saints with Falcons guard Chris Lindstrom. He discusses 
the issues on facing the Saints. I mean, it's just uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a rivalry game. You know, it's the fans are really passionate about it, and um, you know the way they go about playing the Saints. You know, they're a hard-nosed program, so we're just going to be ready to go and uh, really attack this week, and you know, just be the best prepared we can be. All right, you know, the offense is they didn't show much this year in the exhibition season. They did play the starters more. Don't want to start slow like they did last year, and they got beat thirty-two to six. Uh, by the Eagles. So uh, we we wanted to know from Chris on what the offense has been focusing on and what their identity may be this season. We're just going to play with, uh, you know, high energy, really be assignment sound. And I think that's the thing we really tried to focus on was uh, everybody being on the same page, trying to be 100% on assignments, and then really coming out and finishing all our blocks, you know, Get up and getting set and, you know, getting ready to go. All right. There is uh, Chris Lindstrom. You know, they got to block and be ready to go. So one of the big, um, you know, things here is we move into our last item, the depth chart. We uh, had three undrafted players make the final roster. And they were uh, Nate Lanham, the linebacker, the wide receiver. Uh, Jared Bernhardt was one. And I'm drawing a blank on the third. But one of the other interesting people were uh, it was it was Timothy Horn, a defensive tackle from uh, from Kansas State and Charlotte, big guy who uh, did nothing but make plays in the exhibition season. But another player who made it was D. Alford, the cornerback from Tusculum, who came uh, to the Falcons from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers of the Canadian Football League. And we talked to D about making the team. I mean, man, just I feel great. Uh, it's a blessing, you know. It's a dream come true, you know. Just it, it's a dream come true, just being a part of the organization. But to actually, you know, make the 53-man roster, it means a lot, man. It, it, it was a goal that I had for myself, and I, I achieved it. So now I just got to move forward and just continue to get better. All right. One of the issues with D was that he's 160 pounds in January when they worked him out uh, on, on, and he signed on January 10th. And I was told that, uh, you know, he had they, they had to bulk him up. And so he had to spend a lot of time with Dr. Thomas Stallworth, the Falcon strength and conditioning coach. And here's D talking about or discussing how he bulked up for the season. When I first signed on January the 10th, I locked in with Coach Stallworth, you know, right away. Uh, I was coming nine weeks straight making a drive from Griffin, Georgia every day, you know, with Coach Stahl, uh, just whether it's just lifting weights, training, um, conditioning, and just eating a lot of food. And, you know, he, he, he put some weight on me and it got me more confident in my size. And, you know, shouts out to Coach Stahl. All right, Coach, uh, Dr. Thomas Stallworth gets a shout-out from D. Alford for helping to build him up here. Before we go down the um, the list here of uh, – uh, the depth chart just came across something on uh, Up and Adams, uh, Up and Adams show. It's a fan dual TV show by Kay Adams. A certain individual by the name of Sean Payton is predicting that the Saints uh, will win the uh, NFC South. Yeah, I think they win the division. Um, here's the thing, you know, Tampa. It's going to be those two teams. And I haven't paid a lot of attention to what's going on in Tampa Bay's training camp. But I do think that any time those two teams play, New Orleans knows they can win that game. And, and I think that uh, that's pretty powerful when, when you have that confidence. So um, I'm sure it'll be a close race and we'll follow it closely. 
So Coach Payton staying active there, uh, doing a little TV, and is calling for uh, the Saints to win. He thinks they have enough talent to win the uh, NFC South. Now, another thing here on my Twitter, appreciate all you folks for voting. We got a lot of votes here, uh, 874 at this count, and we got another uh, 22 hours to get to 1,000. That'll kind of make it a quasi-scientific poll. But uh, as we stand right now, we ask the uh, you Falcon fans out there and uh, just whoever's out there in the Twitterverse, how many games will the Falcons win this season? Okay, y'all know USA Today picked two. Uh, several people said they have the worst roster in the league. The over and under in Vegas is 4.5, and the Falcons are 5.5-point underdogs in this game, according to my bet online email that I got earlier today. So we, we uh, in tw- on, on Twitter, on D Orlando AJC, and thanks for uh, all of the um, 874 votes so far. How many games will the Atlanta Falcons win this season? We got one to four as an option, five to seven, eight to ten, and then 11 plus. So one to four, you all, is 26%. This is the leader here is uh, 42 people predicting between five and seven. And then uh, we have 26% predicting between eight and ten. And then 6% predicting 11 plus. So um, add that together. That's 32% going eight or higher. And then that's, uh, we can make me do a math on the fly. That's, uh, that's interesting. That's 68% or thinking seven and, you know, seven and lower, seven and lower, 78%. So uh, that's where we're at. Hopefully we'll get over a thousand and, you know, we don't do the mailbag. This is kind of, our mailbag section here we got john green saying five to seven america has a problem is going with five and uh, db cooper is just got the crying face so yeah the folks are thinking it might be a long uh, season here so let's get to the depth chart here um you know the only big item was you know the fans want to see ritter but you know they it was clear that Marcus Mariota was getting the job. They want to try to salvage his career first and then see what Ritter does. So at quarterback, it's Mariota, followed by Desmond Ritter. At running back, Corderell Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, and then Avery Williams, who's coming over from the defensive back uh, position. Didn't look as comfortable as I thought he would at running back. Keith Smith's your fullback. You have uh, they have Drake London listed as wide receiver number one, followed by Byron Edwards and Jarrett Bernhardt. Of course, tight ends are Kyle Pitts, Parker Hesse, Felipe Franks, and the line is as constructed as Jake Matthews, left tackle, Eli Wilkerson, left guard, center Drew Dahlman, backed up by Matt Hennessy, right guard Chris Lindstrom, backed up by Colby Gazette, because Gossett. Uh, right tackle, Caleb McGarry, backed up by Germany Fetty. Uh, Chumba Adoga is uh, Jake Matthews' backup at left tackle. So your swing, you don't have a swing. You got two, a left and a right. And uh, Hennessy and Colbert would be your backup center and swing guards. 
swing guard. So that's what that's how the line looks. Uh, only change there is Caleb McGarry and Drew Dahlman. So two thirds of the five chains. Is that going to be enough to um, protect the quarterback and open up some holes in the run game, which you know we know are issues? The other wide receiver, Alameda Zacchaeus. You know, the star depend on, you know, they got 12 starters here. So, you know, the starter depend on the personnel. Uh, you know, if they're going 11, then the three receivers will go with Pitts. Or if Keith's in there or not, that'll depend on if they're going 22 or not. Uh, but, the, yeah, that's why we got the 12 starters out. Lamade Sakias followed by Corderell Hodge and then Demir Bird. Okay. And on the defensive side of the ball, we kind of had this no, no real – no real changes there. You know, we had Lorenzo Carter at outside linebacker, Grady Jarrett at defensive end, Anthony Rush at nose tackle, Tyquan Graham at defensive end, Audia Gunderjay at outside linebacker. That's your uh, front five in the 3 4, because two of them are standing up. They count them as linebackers, but it's really a 53. But they're. Um, that's that's your starters. Then your inside linebackers are Rashawn Evans and Mikael Walker. Uh, cornerbacks, A.J. Terrell, Casey Hayward. Safeties, Jalen Hawkins, Richie Grant. The big one there is, you know, picking up Lorenzo. Rush showed what he can do last year. Tyquan Graham beat out Marlon Davidson, who's on IR. Audie was played a lot last year, and uh, he'll have uh, Arnold Ibikute and Quentin Bell backing him up. D'Angelo Malone will back up Lorenzo Carter. So there are your rookies in the lineup. Timothy Horns backing up Grady Jarrett. Abdullah Anderson, a late signee, is backing up Rush, even though they signed this big old dude, Kyrus Tonga, from the Bears, who's 338. And him and Horn look like potential backups to Rush. So they're going to have to rotate him in there. Although Abdullah had a good camp, too, once he got signed. So that's a. Uh, Looks like an improved front to me. And the linebackers, uh, Deion Jones, of course, went to injury reserve. So you got Nick Kiowatowski backing up Rashawn Evans. And a second-round pick, Troy Anderson. Expect to see him on special teams. He uh, will back up Mikael Walker. And then Nathan Landman, one of the uh, undrafted uh, rookie free agents who made the team, he backs up Walker and Anderson. He's third-team linebacker. Expect him to be inactive on Sunday. Cornerbacks, they list Mike Ford as A.J. Terrell's backup, even though Darren Hall's been practicing there. Uh, we keep track of that. So, And uh, Casey Hayward, you got Darren Hall. And then D. Ford, who's been practicing first-team nickel, they list him as third-team corner. But, you know, so uh, maybe they're trying to fool Coach Allen or something. I don't know. But behind Hawkins, you got Dean Marlowe. And uh, behind Grant, you got Eric Harris. They call their safeties right and left. But if, if one of them's going playing back center field, we're calling them free. If the one goes up, he's the strong. So we've seen them do both. So uh, just for order's sake, I believe Hawkins is back more than Grant. So we got him as the free. And, and we'll chart it out if they make us do it. Uh, we'll go with our our free safety and strong safety designations. Now, the special teams, um, no surprises there, although they didn't list Corderell Hodge as a kickoff returner. They list Avery Williams as the kickoff and punt returner. So we know that Patterson wants to um, get this record 
Uh, he's tied with nine kickoff return touchdowns. He wants to break uh, the Joshua Cribs and uh, I think Leon Washington hold that record. Uh, but, you know, he kind of didn't practice on the, uh, in the off season. They didn't even play him in the exhibition game. So uh, I guess they're just going to throw him back there at some point and, and, and let him go for it. So we'll see. But uh, Young Waikus, of course, your kicker and your punter is Bradley Pinion coming over from the Bucks, And then Lamb McCullough is your long snapper. He uh, was signed after Bo Brinkley was injured, injured his Achilles. He's still trying to come back. And he's replacing a pro bowler. Josh Harris signed with San Diego. Well, nope, they're not San Diego anymore, sorry. The Los Angeles Chargers in the offseason. So, Lamb McCullough is your new long snapper. That's a very important job. You gave up a pro bowler in that regard and uh, are replacing him. And we saw last night in the Georgia Tech game, hey, can't be having them punts blocked. <laughs> so, uh, you know, you got to have a good snapper in there to shoot it back there and reduce that time. So, that's where the Falcons are at. Ooh, we're about ready for um, – some football. I hope you all been reading our previous stories in the AJC, AJC.com. The title for this season was Under Construction. Falcons coach Arthur Smith and GM Terry uh, Fontenot are, you know, putting this team back under construction. They're doing it this year with uh, $63.4 million in dead salary cap space. Uh, they're trying to find players. They found Alfred in the CFL. They found the Bernhardt kid playing lacrosse. Uh, whatever they got to do to unturn the stone to find a player, they're trying to do it. And we'll be off here on Sunday at 1 p.m. when the Falcons face the New Orleans Saints in one of the NFL's greatest rivalries. So with that, we're going to tell you that we're going to ask you to have a great rest of your week as we leave the 349th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Yeah.